Welcome in to the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. It's Black and Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, we bring to you the Bear Down Podcast. Abdallah, it's week three in the NFL. The Bears come into the weekend at 1-1 one one after the loss last week to the Packers. But now they host the Texans at home. Houston comes into this game at 0-1-1. They tied in week one of the NFL season. They're coming off a loss. But now we have the Texans. Lovey Smith and the Texans face off against the Bears on Sunday. This should be a little bit uh, better sledding for the Bears, I would think. This is one of the teams that I feel like they're they're uh, almost even with, probably better than. I think the Texans are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They obviously don't have a win yet. They have the tie with the Colts, and they lost last week. But when I think when you look at these two teams... The Bears are going to have the better defense, and I know Davis Mills has been playing well, but the talent-wise, Justin Fields is still the better quarterback. We hope. Uh, To this point this season, though, Davis Mills, quarterback for the Texans, uh, he's thrown for 417 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He's been sacked six times, a completion percentage of 56 uh, for the Texans. So the offense, uh, not really uh, producing points, But Davis Mills at the end of last season did show some promise, and that's where we flip it to Justin Fields, where we did see promise from Fields at the end of last season in a couple different spots under a different coaching staff. But this year, to this point, yeah, you had some good passes in the second half against the 49ers in a monsoon, but last weekend against the Packers, it was not good. Only throwing 11 passes for Justin Fields. We're going to need to see more from Fields and the Bears offense coming up on Sunday. No, absolutely. And I think you'll have that opportunity. And I think Davis Mills, I wasn't trying to take a shot at Davis Mills. I just think that he's more of your game manager, right? He's not going to screw up. He hasn't had any turnovers so far this season. He's got the two touchdowns. I just think that you're looking for more talent from Justin Fields. And I think you have an opportunity to see that. This is a team in the Texans that has given up. Uh, they're giving up 280. 85 yards through the air on average. They gave up 350 yards to Matt Ryan in week one and about 170 yards in week two. And so if you look at them on DVOA too, their defense, they're 16th in defensive DVOA. So, but DVOA right now is kind of fluctuating. Like the Bears after week one were seventh in yeah. defensive DVOA, sure. and now they're 27th after giving up 1,000 yards on the ground to the Packers last week. So in the first two weeks, it fluctuates a lot. They're a decent defense with Lovey Smith. He knows how to run a defense, but they're gettable through the air, and I think you're going to see a little bit more of an open passing game from Justin Fields and the Bears. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have uh, football outsiders up in the, the DVOA rankings I in do. front of you? I do. Okay, so I, I know with their rankings, especially early in the season, they have the weighted Dave uh, rating, mm-hmm. and that's factoring in the off-season projections into the stats that they give you from the games in the first two weeks. For the Bears, you mentioned that they jumped up in the DVOA rankings if you're not familiar football outsiders great website uh analytical website they do projections and they also look at the different offense defense special teams of of how teams play each down and distance and each play of an nfl game nfl season to kind of figure out who the best is and what they do is those stats are really good when we get to like the middle part of the season towards the end, because it's all based off data from that season. Mm -hmm. But so early here in the year, if you look at what they call the weighted Dave, they give you uh, information based on what we've seen to this point through two weeks, but also factoring in the projections 
from Football Outsiders and DBOA heading into the season based on the small sample size. So, so like if you factor in what they show, re- re- looking at how these teams are supposed to be coming into the year, how does it factor out? So right now, if I'm looking at just the defense for the Bears, the Dave is is 16. Okay, and you know they're so that's pretty good. They're 27th in defensive DVOA right now, but with Dave, the weighted from last season, they're 16th. Overall, they're 28th in Dave. Overall, for just this season, they're 30th in DVOA. All right, so like based on the projections, they should be a little bit better than what they actually are playing Mm -hmm. through two weeks. Well, yeah, and the projections had them at 10. Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. That's why I think so early, and I know that this is uh, super nerdy in the weeds stuff, but we're not on the big show right now, so this is the podcast. (laughs) So I feel like we could kind of break it down for people, and we've talked to Aaron Schatz here on the podcast before. He's the the founder of Football Outsiders and DVOA. So like, I I feel like here on the the podcast, we can kind of get into this, but you know, Blucky and Abdallah, six to eight, the big show. Uh, I don't know if that would kind of fly on AM 1000, if we were just ripping and rolling on, on Black Dave, Dollar. man? Well, I'm just saying it, it's it's something that does need to be pointed out yes. when we're having these conversations. I You like to look at that. I also enjoy uh, taking the information from Football Outsiders. I also look at yards per play. I think that that's important when you're looking at offensive and defensive football. We know the Bears are bad offensively. We know this. They're 29th in yards per play offensively at 4.5 yards per play. There are Mm -hmm. three teams below the Bears through two weeks of this season. Cincinnati's 31st. Houston is 32nd. Hmm. Face off against uh, the Texans. And I left off a team there at 30. The one team that is right below the Bears at 29. Hmm. Do you have a guess? Right below the Bears at 29. In yards per play? Small sample size. Only yards two per weeks. Play? Yeah, yeah. Small sample size? Yeah. Is it the Packers? No. No, no. it's not the Packers. Uh, Green Bay is uh, eighth. Okay. Uh, that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, come on. We're not doing this. I, I'm just I'm giving this. you stati- statistical information yeah, there for you. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Houston are the three worst teams when it comes to offensive yards per play. Mm-hmm. Defensively, uh, the Bears and the Texans are actually very close. Houston's 17th, and the Bears are 18th. Uh, so, you know, you look at all the different statistics, uh, both of these teams struggling to this point. The Bears are 1-1. One one. Houston's 0-1-1. Uh, I do think the Bears are going to be the better team on Sunday, and I think they will figure out some offensive uh, pieces to kind of figure out, and especially with Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Hopefully we see something from them when we get to the game on Sunday. Yeah, as far as points go, these teams are dead even. Both teams are averaging 14.5 points per game, and points allowed per game, the Texans 18, the Bears 18.5. So as far as scoring goes and allowing scoring, these teams are pretty even through two games. I think this is going to be a good test. And is it weird to say this might be a hot take? Might be a hot take. I'll grade it. I'll grade, grade your take. Grade the take. I'll grade it. The Bears have the coaching edge. I don't think I think that's um, I think that's milk toast. I don't think that's hot at all. So you think that I'm right? Does I think you're, mean? you're probably right, but I think stepping out and saying that I don't think it's going to blow any uh, wind up anyone's skirt. 
I don't well, think he went to a Super Bowl no, here. Yeah, but but he is looked upon in the league as like passe. No, I like, understand like that. But as far as experience and, goes, though, yeah, he has experience. He's also struggled quite a bit. He punted for a tie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like I don't think people look at Lovey as this uh, former coach who got to a Super Bowl, who who's just waiting for the right opportunity. I think. A lot of people view him as a bit of a has-been. But so, I, okay, so you mentioned I, I that we're not on the big hot, show, right? We're I, not on the big show. I wouldn't say that that's a hot take. I think that that's just a, a solid opinion. I think that I would be... The way that the game went on Sunday for the Bears, I think that people would say that Lovey has, might have the edge because of his experience. Because okay. I feel like if we were on the big show and we were taking phone calls, people would be like, Abdallah, you're crazy. This really? is Lovey Smith. He was he won ten games his last year here. He was a great coach when he was with the Chicago Bears. They went to a freaking Super Bowl when he was here. I mean, this is a coach that has had success. Eberflus hasn't done anything yet. Well, that's true. But I think that they still have the edge. I think that the Bears still have the edge. I feel like the 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 maybe I'm just buying in to the Eberflus hit system or, or whatever a little too much. I think that the Bears have the coaching advantage. I don't know a lot about the offensive coordinator for the Texans. Yeah, you do. I do? You absolutely do. I don't even know who it is off the top of my head. He's been very, very successful in college working with quarterbacks and working with young quarterbacks in the NFL. He spent some time here in Chicago. Oh, I know Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton. Yeah, I know Pep Hamilton. He's the offensive coordinator for Lovey Smith. So I I would say... Bears have the advantage. Really? You don't like yes. Pep Hamilton? No, what's Pep Hamilton done? He's done, He's been very good in college football and around the National Football League since he left here. Okay. Here, if, he was not good. If he was successful, would we be saying that the the Texans will be in the quarterback market at the uh, in the draft? Because they'd be able yeah. to turn Davis Mills yeah. into something. He's just a game manager. Yeah, They're but running did, Rex Grossman out there, dude. Yeah, but the, the Texans are so bad that they're hoping to get C.J. Stroud, yeah. Bryce Young, yeah. uh, someone that's that's going, you know, Will Levis. But wouldn't they be better? They're looking for a quarterback next year All right. to be the guy. But okay. yeah, ideally, if Pep is that good, he'll get something out of Davis Mills. I, no doubt about it. All right, you're right. I did know him. Yeah, I just didn't know his name off top. I know who he was off top. Pep of my Hamilton. Head. Yeah, right, he's been very go. good. All right, I know Pep Hamilton. Uh, it's Black and Abdallah here on the Bear Down Podcast, and each week we like to take you inside of Hallis Hall, and you could hear from Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields on Wednesday. Matt Eberflus addressed the media, and he started off by talking about the Texans and their defense. They're a very similar style. Um, you know, they they will come out and play uh, varying coverages. Um, their front's going to be uh, pretty much the same. Um, but they do take off and they do uh, cause some penetration, you know, with their front, um, you know, and the way they disguise their coverages, I think, is really good too. You know, Lovey's run this uh, system a long time, and he's mixed in a couple new things um, that we've seen, and uh, and it's been good uh, for them, um, you know, on a down-to-down basis. So some of the conversation with the Texans coming to town with Lovey Smith being there. Uh, and we heard both Eberflus and Justin Fields talk about it on Wednesday, is how the Texans' defense is not that much different than what Eberflus is implementing here with the Bears. Yeah, and that's I think that when you have familiarity with that, then it, it leads even more ways to attack it. And that's why I think the Bears will find success this week, because I think that they will open it up more for Justin Fields. You will have more open guys 
Uh, the Texans have been very good against the run. You know, this so far this season, they're only allowing 163 yards per game, How, albeit it's only been two games, but still they're only allowing 163 yards per game. But the Bears have, ha- have found success running the ball. If you go by the, by the DV, by DVOA numbers that we talked about on Football Outsiders, the Bears have the 32nd ranked passing DVOA, the ninth best uh, rushing DVOA. And a lot of that is last week, you know, against the when Montgomery's averaging eight yards a carry and Khalil Herbert's averaging nine yards a carry. You're going to be you're going to have numbers like that. So I think they're going to find success against this defense. I think that the Bears have more playmakers on defense, too, with Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn and Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson. I feel like they have more guys that are going to be focused on taking away the football. We know Lovey Smith is constantly focused on taking away the football. So it's going to be about controlling the football and finding opportunities when you can on offense because there might not be a lot there because lovey smith can call a good defense and when we look at uh this team offensively we know uh against green bay it didn't go well 10 points uh you lose by 17 you also you win the game in week one against san francisco and save your thoughts about the weather you still only scored 19 points now 19 points in a win you'll take the w all day long that's not going to be good enough, right? Like, and, and so that's why I think a lot of the conversation this week has been about this offense and the different roles that the players and the pieces involved in the offense have. Justin Fields, this new quarterback, year one of this offense. Luke Getze, first time as an offensive coordinator. And Matt Eberflus, as a first-time head coach, who's a defensive-minded coach, but he's ball coach, right? Like... People don't necessarily look at Nick Saban as a defensive-minded head coach at Alabama anymore. Why? Because his offenses have been great for the last handful of years, and he's also a head coach. Yeah. And I think the same could be said about Kirby Smart. I know those are both college football examples, but then I would say Bill Belichick in the NFL. There are guys, or Mike Tomlin, defensive-minded guys Mm -hmm. who, when you look at the team, you say that that's a, a head coach. John Harbaugh is is another example with Baltimore. Their offense is fantastic. And I know the DVOA numbers on Baltimore are, like, are incredible through the first two weeks, even though they're one and one, right? Uh, so like you look at what those coaches bring to the table, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a defensive-minded coach as the head coach. You could be a head coach overall looking over everything. And Matt Everflus kind of talked about some of those points on Wednesday. Uh, first and foremost with Justin Fields. What's his role with input when it comes to the offense, especially after only scoring 10 points against Green Bay? Yeah, there's always going to be input from the quarterback. You know, with the, with the coordinator, uh, quarterback coach, there's always going to be input during the game, you know, pregame, during the game, then postgame. You know, and uh, that's always going to be the case. You have to have that. So um, it's always positive. It's always working forward to, to make things happen and make things, uh, you know, for us to be able to win the football game. And then Eberflus was also asked by the Chicago media, what's your role in this situation, right? The role with Fields, it, okay, yeah, he's starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know he's young, but yeah, he has input. Okay, great. But what's your role when it comes to working with Luke Getze and figuring out this offense? Here's Matt Eberflus. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's suggestions during the course of the game. You know, hey, stick with this, uh, do this. You know, uh, this is looking good. Um, encouragement. 
um, you know, during the course of the game. Obviously, we're doing all the uh, fourth down go for it and all those timeouts types of things in terms of games make game management. But uh, that's just really what it is. You know, what I see they're doing defensively, they're giving you a lot of this uh, during the course of the series, and then they adjust in, uh, accordingly to that. So um, just information that I can give to help. So there you go, Matt Eberflus uh, helping out with information on the offense. I would say another example in the NFL right now, currently, I don't think people point out enough that Brandon Staley is like a defensive-minded coach, right? But he also played quarterback. When he played football in college, he was a quarterback. So he's kind of like a dual-threat guy where Eberflus has always been a defensive player and coach. Uh, But, yeah, I I do like this kind of mixture where Eberflus is not dictating policy, but he is there to be an added piece of uh, information because he's a smart defensive coach. Yeah, I I think he is, and I think that it's good that you have someone who's kind of, you know, going in. He's probably in both the offensive and the defensive meetings or bouncing around between the two of them because when you look at what they're trying to accomplish, he's – He's not, you know, calling plays. He's not dealing with, not even calling defensive plays. He's letting the guys kind of do what they're supposed to do and having input and focusing on head coaching and game situations and what they should do in each situation and should they go for two or should they, when they should call timeouts and when they should go for it and when they should not. And that's what he's supposed to, when they should challenge. And like, that's something that I think is important to realize is that you have a defensive minded head coach, but he's also involved in the offense where he's trying to bring things that like if the Texans run basically the same kind of defense then he's going to be in there and saying hey guys we practice against this every week every day like this is what we do so if we can find ways to beat our own defense we can find ways to beat the Texans defense because we're running the same kind of things and I think like I said before that the Bears have better playmakers on defense than the Texans do I thought this was interesting after the Green Bay game especially in the second quarter there were many many missed tackles from the Chicago defense uh it was a problem the Packers were just running all over I think Aaron Jones at one point what he had like a an average of 10 plus yards per carry at one point throughout Mm -hmm. the game Uh, Matt Eberflus was asked about teaching uh his new defense uh, to the new players that he has this season and seeing so many missed tackles and, and teaching how to tackle. And is he tolerant of missed tackles when it comes to what he saw on Sunday night? No, no, we, you're not tolerant at all. Um, it's, it's something we have to correct, and we're going to work tirelessly to get that done. Um, but a lot of times it happens early in the year. You know, I, I remember a few years ago, I think it might have been 2019, where you know, we didn't have a good tackling game. You know, it was early in the season, and you just got to get guys to, you know, get up on the runner, you know, get their pads on them at the right, at the proper level, and then have a strong wrap and run your feet. Um, a lot of times, missed tackles happen because you're lunging and not getting up on the runners. Um, so we're going to work uh, an individual today on that and just get better at it. I'm sure it's technique and focus, but is it more focus? Because technique is something that's instilled over time. It just seems like fo- how do you how do you increase the fo- focus? Mark and Potash. is that is that what your priority? In- yeah, I think it, I think that it's the first thing. I think it's more technique. I really do. And obviously, you got to wire into to your job, and that's the focus part, which you mentioned. But I do think it's it's the technique. You know, the technique. We are tackling too high right now. We have to tackle lower, and uh, we just got to do a better job of executing our our the way we tackle. The hamstring tackle that you teach or that you encourage. What? 
you know, why do you family. prefer that to maybe some other? Yeah, it's it's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. So you want to do that, and uh, and it's and it's been proven to us that when you do that, you you put guys sideways or backwards. And uh, we did it a, a few times over the first couple games, but we need to see it uh, more consistently. I like that. I like how Eberflus says it's been proven to us, like they conducted some large study. And that they have the data that backs up that if you take out the legs of a runner, the runner goes down. Yes. It's been proven to us. Yes. But I I will support. I like how he said that. I will support him in this because if you watch that game, a lot of guys were going after. He said they were tackling too high, but in some situations they were also tackling too low. And, And Aaron Jones was slipping out of these ankle tackles because he's just a beast. And you can't, you can also tackle too low. And so going for that hamstring area, like you don't want to go after someone's knees, obviously, because you don't want to end their career. But if, if you're going for the area where you're going to take them down, these guys were slipping out of three and four ankle tackles at a time. Like it was crazy how many missed tackles there were. I liked uh, playing that audio and, and again, uh, referencing in the, uh, this again, uh, I don't know if I would play that on the big show because uh, it, it, it's very like inside, right? Yeah. But here's what I like about it. As a Bears fan, now Eberflus has given us something to look forward to on Sunday. He gave you specifically how he wants his defensive players to tackle. Mm -hmm. Stop at the point of attack and then go down for the legs. Right? Like, that's something we can visually see in a play. And I don't recall hearing things like that from previous head coaching regimes in town where they give you a specific that we can then hopefully we'll see the improvement on Sunday against the Texans. But I heard that uh, on Wednesday and I thought that needs to be played on the podcast because I don't think that that's the type of clip that would be, that would make it to, to ESPN 1000 mm-hmm. or like, I don't, I don't think that's hot enough. Like that, that's not a spicy clip. So that's not going to make it to the late local news. Like Dion's not going to play that, no, and then give you some uh, some uh, kicker stories at the end, right? Like that today like, up at Hallis Hall. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's going to be the case. Layla's yeah. not going to play that uh, before she gets to Brant Miller, right? Like, no. like that's not going to happen <laughs> no. before he tells you about Mushroom Wednesday. Uh, that's not going to or a Fungus Wednesday is that fungus what he calls Friday. it? Friday. No, he he's got something in the middle of the week where they show mushrooms. Oh, okay. Believe me, I watch the late local news, my friend. Well, you're the one. Uh, so uh, what I'm saying is I thought that that was uh, relevant information from Eberflus, and that's why this podcast exists is so we can give you things like that. Now, the quarterback also spoke on Wednesday. Do you want to get into uh, his comments against the fans from from Sunday? Because we did address it in the podcast from Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, we might as well. I... I, I... I still think it was overblown and blown out of proportion and people don't understand what he was trying to say or didn't have the full context with the question there and just look at, you know, whatever the square says on Instagram as you're scrolling through and you get the five words of or however many words it is. I'm not going to count of the well, we it matters more to us because the fans aren't putting work in or whatever he said. Right. And like, yeah, out of context, that looks bad. But you need the full context of what he was trying to say. And, like, think critically a little bit about what he's trying to say, right? Like, is it, I mean, think, I mean, seriously, think about what he's trying to say. I said it on the big show. Yeah. Think about what he's trying to say. They work all, you and I do this, okay? If you and I put in the work for a two hour 
Bleck and Abdallah, Chicago's College Tailgate, or Bear Down Podcast, right? And it doesn't sound good, or it doesn't get the results that we want. Who cares more about that? The people listening to it or us? No, it's us. It's us. 100%. Because we put the work in, and we plan out the show, Think and critically. we try to do that. <laughs> there, of course, like, okay, do you think, like, like the guy who is the pipe fitter, who also spends his hard-earned dollars on season tickets... Yes, you care when the Bears lose, and you care a lot. But also, you're pipe-fitting during the week. You're not installing a game plan and trying to figure out your offense and trying to get better uh, you know, timing with your wide receivers and focusing on tackling at the hamstring and not tackling at the ankle or tackling at the shoulder or whatever. They're putting the work in every single day. Justin Fields is watching hours of tape every single week. And for three and a half hours, if he fails at the end of that, it hurts him a lot more because he's worked his ass off for six days leading up to that three and a half hours on Sunday. That's what he's trying to say. Did he say it as eloquently as I may have? No, he didn't because he was pissed off that they got their ass kicked by the Packers. And he's just said it like we put in the work and we're pissed off. You guys don't. And you're also pissed off. But trust us, we are more pissed off than you are. Here's the full context with the question from the reporters. This is from Sunday night. Does losing hurt more because it's the Packers? Does losing against this team, is it, does it stink more because of the rivalry and you know how much Bears fans want to win this game? Yeah. I mean, it, it hurts more in the locker room than the Bears fans. I mean, because at the end of the day, they're not putting in any work. Um, I see the guys in the locker room every day. I see how much work they put in, so... Uh, just coming out with a disappointing loss like this, um, you know, it hurts. But, uh, you know, we just got to respond. So on Wednesday, Justin Fields, after the backlash that was out there on social media and from Bears fans about what he said in those comments from Sunday, on Wednesday, Justin Fields was asked, how do you address the mistakes from Sunday? And he goes into a response based on the Packer comment and the fans. You know, I was I was mad after the game. And, I mean, I, I like to address this now to get everything cleared up. But, you know, there was a thing that I said on Sunday after the game where I said, you know, um, the fans don't put in work. And when I was, you know, first off, um, you know, I was frustrated after the game. So, you know, number one, I didn't want to come and talk to you guys. Um, I wasn't in the mood to come and talk to you guys, so, um, you know, I should have did a better job explaining what I meant by that, but um, what I meant by that was I'm talking about work, you know, regarding uh, the game on Sunday, winning the game. You know, I don't know any fans. I don't know what they're doing in their personal lives, um, and I respect every fan that we have. I'm, you know, glad that we have fans, so, um, you know, I would never disrespect, you know, anybody on what they do or what they love to do. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, it came off like that. And, of course, you know, some social media outlets, they, you know, quoted my quote and, you know, they got a big buzz out of it. So, uh, of course, they did a great job doing that. And, of course, social media is going to do that. But, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up right now. And, you know, now back, now back to the question. I'm sorry. I just want to clear that up. <laughs> so, Justin Fields on Wednesday. Uh, for you, Adam Abdallah, does that, is that enough? Are we done with this topic? Can he, we move on? I didn't need that. I didn't even need that because I understood what he was trying to say. Well, it's because we live in such a lazy um, society and people see like you said the one screen of an instagram post or a twitter picture or whatever the case may be and instead of going and consuming the full press conference or the full interview or whatever the whatever it is 
it's just so much easier to, to spew nonsense off of something where you just have no effort in figuring out what it really is about. Mm-hmm. That's just the, the day and age that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, did he have to address it on Wednesday? Yeah, probably. Uh, did I need him to? No. I also think that that's a better, the way he handled it in the first place is better than him saying, does it bother me that we lost to the Packers, a rival, and do the fans care so much? If his answer was, well, to be honest, I'm a millionaire, and I don't care, mm-hmm. and I'll be playing football wherever, it doesn't matter where I play, so Chicago fans can blank off. Like He could have gone that way and been like, I don't care. Oh, yeah. I'm rich. I play football for a living. What do I care that those people think about stuff? At least he cares. Like, like that's the one thing is like the the new kind of breed of uh, quarterback. And we could look at the last couple of drafts. Guys like Tua, guys like uh, Joe Burrow, Herbert. They they at least care. And they, they want to be great. And mm-hmm. I like that. And so hopefully he's better on the field now. Well, I mean, he, look, he also talked about how, like, Sunday felt different. Like, it hit it hit him differently. Losing like that and having the lack of success that he did personally with his receivers. Like, the run game had a good day, but he personally did not have a good day. And I'm sure he knows that, you know, if he's aware that, that social media blew up about this one thing, he's aware that people have been crapping on him for the last two days. Deservedly so. He had a horrible game. But now... His future is being questioned, right? His uh, whether or not he's going to be a franchise quarterback is being questioned. People were were calling all day Monday, saying and Tuesday saying this guy's a bust and we need to tank because we need to go get a different quarterback because this guy just doesn't get it. And I'm sure he's aware of that. And so now his football livelihood is being called into question. So of course he's going to respond and hopefully he responds with a better game here's fields on wednesday talking about taking the losses hard well first it was you know the packers and then it was just like i don't know this the emotional investment that you put in you know every day uh, just everything it's just it just sucks losing and i mean i've never you know liked losing so even as a little kid my dad used to be playing me in basketball uh playing me Play me in basketball in the backyard. I used to like cry when I lo- when I lost. So it's just like you know I don't I'm, I don't like losing at all. Like it just it just doesn't sit right you know with me. And to be fair, a quarterback who's been rated as high as he was as a recruit coming out of high school, going to Georgia, transferring to Ohio State, you don't do a lot of losing when you're a junior and a senior in high school and you're the number two overall prospect in the entire country and you're being recruited by every top-level program, and then you go to Georgia, and even though you're not a starter, you're not losing a lot. Uh, maybe you lose the, the positional battle, right? Like, mm-hmm. he probably took that hard. They couldn't be the starter. But then you transfer to Ohio State. They didn't do a lot of losing no. at Ohio State uh-uh. with Ryan Day. So, yeah, I mean, losing the last two seasons for Fields, I would imagine, is hard because he is someone that has been good enough to kind of avoid it to this point uh, in his life. Should we talk about on the field with Fields? Uh, here we go. Justin Fields on offensive play calling and his thoughts and, and kind of what the Bears are looking at going forward. In terms of, you know, when we're going to call the play, um, you know, how many passes, how many runs we're going to call play, that, that's Luke's job. And, you know, everybody in the building you know, knows that Luke 
knows what he's doing. So, you know, we've put full trust in him and, you know, knowing that he's going to, you know, put us in the best position to win. When, when you throw, when there are 11 passes in a game, do you look at that as a vote of no confidence in you or lack no, of confidence? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I mean, our run game uh, did a great job on Sunday. So, uh, you know, not at all. As a competitor, how do you weigh the fact, like you said after the game, that, that you'd want to throw more if it were up to you? With, like you said, the fact that, you know. Uh, just, you know, selflessness, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, if these are the plays that, you know, he thinks that are going to win us the game, then, you know, I'm all with it. Uh, like I said about Darnell on Sunday, you know, if, we, he, if he caught zero passes and we won the game, he wouldn't have any problem. If I threw zero passes and we won the game, I wouldn't have, you know, any problems, you know. I, our goal as a team, as an offense, is to win games. So, you know, nobody's looking at, you know, uh, how many passes, uh, did I have how many yards that I have we're just all trying to win the game yeah and that's a that's a fair uh good response from uh, the leader of the offense right like they it doesn't matter that you're running the football so much because the point is to win and to score points mm-hmm. and hopefully you could do more of that it's not about trying to make every wide receiver uh happy just because they're not getting their number called no absolutely and I think that when you you know the the fact that he said that if you throw, if I don't throw the ball at all and we still win, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's that playoff game in the 49ers where Jimmy Garoppolo almost threw two picks and they're like, nope, you're not throwing anymore. Yeah. They still won the game. I mean, we still think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. So I would say yeah. that Justin Fields needs to, they, they, there's two things. You need, I need to see more from Justin Fields this year to make a final determination of whether or not he's a franchise quarterback. But also if the game plan is working, just keep doing it because I also want to see them win games. Like, I want the Bears to win games, and I think it's important for Justin Fields' development to win games. But I also need him to show that he's more than capable of going through these reads and make these throws. If, if he's getting the ball out in time, and he's getting it to the wide receivers, and they're just dropping it, or they're just covered, and he's not throwing interceptions, and you're just like, well, he just doesn't have the weapons right now. You've got, you know, uh, Equiminius St. Brown dropping balls. Cole Komet can't catch anything. Like, you've got, if, that, if that's the issue, then that's fine. Then you know the talent is there for him. And that you just need to upgrade what's around him. Yeah, I I feel as if um, it's just unfortunate the way the offense has kind of started the season. Because, like, say you take these two games against the 49ers and the Packers and you put them in the middle of the season where you score 10, 10 points, 19 points, Fields throws for like 120 yards, he's not doing anything, you run the football bunch. You say, all right, that was a smart game plan. You tried to win a game. You're overmatched. It didn't happen. Not a big deal. But I think the fact that we haven't seen them be successful to start the year, and we saw this first, is why it's such a bad taste in our mouth. But if they go out against Houston, which I gave you the numbers, the Texans' defense is just average. Mm -hmm. I think 17th in defensive yards per play, uh, I think is what I gave you earlier in the, the podcast. Uh, looking it up right now, yeah, 17th. The Bears are 18th. I, I'd say if they can put up points this week and then next week against the Giants, they put up some points. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really matters. You no. see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think the reason we have the, the, the perception that things are not working out is because we haven't really seen this group do anything positive to this point well i think there was a lot of hype you know coming out of that third preseason game against the browns you're like okay well yeah they they moved the football like but that's that's the other thing is like they and you mentioned this on the tuesday podcast the 49ers and the packers have great defenses Mm -hmm. 
So if you then remove the games against the great defenses and you go out there and you score 24 to 31 points in the, the other contests, I'll be okay with it. San Francisco has the fourth best defensive DVOA so far this year. Like, they're a top-five defense right now. Uh, opponent yards per play, they're second. Yeah. They're only giving up 4.1 yards per play. And Green Bay, I think I said early on the Green podcast. Green Bay's going to be skewed, too, because they gave up a ton of yards against uh, yeah, the they're Vikings. 20, they're 26. Yeah. They gave up a ton of yards, though, against the Vikings. That'll, that'll come back around. I think it was Albert Breer that said that I didn't, I didn't even know this beforehand. They have nine first-round yeah. picks on that defense. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, they've, they've basically, well, think about it. Every conversation, every offseason is yeah. get Aaron more help, nope. and then they keep drafting defensive players. Well, guess what? Drafting all the defensive players now has put you in position to have a stellar Super Bowl-level defense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one more thing from Justin Fields on Wednesday. He talked about how in the NFL there's a smaller margin for error. And on that play, you know, we both could have, did stuff differently to you know help that percentage help that completion so um you know it's just just learning from you know how you ran that route you know how i come out of the pocket and stuff like that so uh you know the, the next time we run that play hopefully we hit it i believe he was talking about the uh missed uh pass to mooney down the middle yeah on that play mm-hmm. so uh and and because getting darnell mooney involved and and trying to figure out ways to get this offense going is going to be important going forward and that's why this uh sunday against the texans will be a big moment for this bears offense uh against lovey smith and this defense from the texans as the bears look to go two and one and uh, to be honest going two and one to start the season will be a major success for this team well yeah and looking ahead to to next week you know you've got a, a team in the giants that has the 20th ranked defense in dvoa so i mean you can you can find success here in these next two games. Going on the road and winning a football game is going to be tough. I know they're, a, I believe they're a three point dog already in the look ahead line to the Giants. Obviously, that might change if injuries happen and whatnot. But as of right now, you've got two winnable games here. These are the two games, the beginning of the season, that I said that you would win. Like, the, the, they're going to win these two games. Going on the road against the Giants is going to be tough, but you should beat the Texans. The Texans are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. You should beat the Texans. Sunday, week three of the NFL, the Texans face off against the Bears. We'll see if the Bears can get their second win of the season. Right here on the Bear Down Podcast, we bring to you Bears conversation and conversation about the NFL on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Check us out, Black and Abdallah, six to eight weeknights right here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, hopefully after a Bears win for our next Bear Down podcast.